my boy terry welcome to the podcast man super excited to have you just a little bit of an introduction for terry he's pretty much formal amateur basketball player finally got into real estate investing did wholesaling for a little bit and now is super focused on development getting lots doing new dev development in joshua tree California. And you got an immense amount of experience there. I just want to talk shop with you and really just educate the masses on what it takes to really take from the ground up to do development and to really design these beautiful short-term rentals. So mm -hmm. welcome to have you. Hey, well, first of all, first and foremost, I appreciate you having me, Patrick. I've talked to you multiple times before the podcast and we've grown a relationship to real estate. So I'm always thankful for us to just share information. And yeah, my journey in real estate starts off as a minor league professional basketball player who wasn't really making too much. I started off in the NBA G League and my first salary was $35,000 for the G League. And I always thought when I was playing the G League, man, how am I going to get paid after this? One thing led to another. I was able to buy my first property when I, while in Delaware while I was playing for the Delaware Bluecoats. And I bought that property for one seventy, dollars And a year later, I was able to sell it for $320,000. So... It was just like, wow, when I was able to see that, I was able to see myself make money, not through your typical W-2, but through works of your own and uh, things that I was able to, I thought that was amazing. And I was like, wow, what if I put some more effort into this? What could it lead to? Then one thing led to another. I started wholesaling real estate, started educating myself more and more. And I got myself in a niche of wholesaling land. So I was able to lock up lots under contract, even buy some lots for discounted values off market and then resell them for a higher profit. Um, but as I was starting to resell a lot of these lots to developers in Joshua Tree, I was seeing, I was like, okay, cool. I'm making 10, $15,000 a spread from each lot I sell. But these developers were making four, they were making, they were building on these lots for 400,000 and selling them for about 750K plus. So I'm like, man, I'm making 10K here. 15k at max they're making 300k i was just like what if i <laughs> what if i shifted my focus instead of trying to wholesale about 20 lots a year to not even wholesale 20 lots a year but maybe to to develop three to four lots a year and uh, I, I said man this is what i'm going to gather and lead myself to do and when i was able to raise enough capital and find some partners who were willing to invest with myself i was able to one buy some lots for myself and develop and then i was able to even expand more by working with other partners so i i do find a i do find a great value in developing i think unlike buying an old home when you develop and you develop the right product you do have one of the best products on the market being a new construction and you're allowed to get creative with it you're allowed to put your taste and be full-on involved in it so i've enjoyed it a lot and i continue to enjoy it and i see this is something that this, in the real estate world where i can see myself doing for a very long time wow you i think you hit it on the head right there, which is why I like short-term rentals and my investing style. And I'll say this for anybody that's listening, I think real estate is one of those things where you pick and choose what you like to do and you find your niche in real estate because you everyone making money on real estate. But do you, are you more of an artistic person, right? Maybe development might be your thing, right? Or short-term rentals might be your thing. So there's always something for everybody. If you like numbers, multifamily, a big thing for numbers and that kind of thing. So hundred percent. Going back to the land. Let's talk about that a little bit. What made you go after land specifically? I For wholesaling or for developing? For wholesaling. 
wholesaling. So I was whole, when I was wholesaling houses at first, you know what? I'd have to go to the house. I'd have to take photos. I'd have to get the right condition of the house. And it was just, it was a good amount of work. But with land, all I had to see is the satellite image. And I can do that. <laughs> I can do that wherever I'm at. So that was all I had to see. And there was a couple other components of land that you need to be aware of, whether it has water, electric, electricity, just accessibility of roads, but you could all do that virtually or right through my laptop. Land was very more appealing when I was able to start, begin wholesaling that. And just in that aspect of being able to be more mobile. That's awesome. Yeah. And for also, I wanted to let people know, not you're not crazy old either. You're my age. What, you're 26 now? Six, yeah. 26, right? So the fact that you're doing new development at 26 is like really impressive. So that's why I always admire that fact about you. I think also going back further, where you're talking about how you started in professional sports, that's something I actually look for in a business partner. I really want them to see if they have that professional or just even high school or anything. Are they competitive? Do they want to win? Are they a team player? Do they have the leadership skills? You know what I mean? Do you think basketball led you to become a better investor? For sure. I think basketball is something that every year I was, every year really as a player, you want to get better and better. There's no, no matter where you are, you just want more for yourself. You want to, whether it's getting your shot better or just improving some part of yourself. And that's the same thing I see myself in business every year. I want to get better and better. I think I'm in year four now. I think year one, I was buying $100,000 properties. Year two, I was buying $300,000 properties. Year three, now these Joshua Tree, I'm building $500,000 properties, turning into a million dollars. And now I'm able to, my last acquisition was actually, a, it's going to be a multifamily development in Los Angeles. So now it's a million dollar acquisition that should turn into roughly anywhere from six to $12 million when it's all said and done. I just love that growth. And it's, it's like, it's a little bit addicting that every year you want to grow, but I think that's something that sports has definitely instilled inside of me. Awesome. <clears throat> what kind of player were you on the field or sorry, oh, on the court? <laughs> Man, I was, I started off as a mostly shooting guard. So shooting guard, I was a lethal shooter. Still am, but yeah. So lethal shooter, how does that translate to real estate? Are you, does that make, are you a team player? Are you a leader? What were you on the court? What do people describe you as? Definitely. Lethal shooter. Definitely a leader, always locked in, and I definitely specialized on a, on a specific niche in the craft. It wasn't like LeBron is like that all-around player. LeBron jumped. I was one of those players who, jab. you're going to give me the ball, he's going to do what he's supposed to do. Like, mm -hmm. You were like that key player for that specific thing. Was it shooting? There you go. So who would you compare yourself to as a player in the NBA right now? Clay Thompson. Or, yeah. Clay Thompson? Cool. Awesome, man. Yeah. So now you're bringing this to what you're doing now, which is awesome. And you are, you're a lethal shooter, right? You're shooting a shot, you're getting these deals and hopefully you get the bank shot. What's currently with the land. Let's go back to that. You were at the land deal stage. You saw these people making more money through development. Walk us through what was your first development deal? How'd that look like? How did you get into that? How did you finance it? How did you do all that? So the first one was a off-market deal. It, I believe it was a woman who just was passed down from father or grandparents who passed away. I had no, had no care for land whatsoever. So I was able to get two and a half acres in Joshua Tree for 
roughly around $18,000 with water and power. And I was like, this is a no brainer. It's a good deal. She wants to sell this thing quickly. I want some land to begin my journey as a developer. And here we go. So that was that. Obviously, as a first time developer, you're not going to get everything right the first time. I went through a handful of trials and tribulations with this thing, but I'm learning. And once you fail once, you're probably, you're probably not going to do the same thing again and fail again. I was able to buy up 18000 and then cost to pre-develop it was around about $40,000. That's architects, cool. architects, plan fee, land tests, all that was about 40000 But now I'm able to, the first time it cost me forty. now I'm able to lower the cost because I know the market. I know how to develop a bit better now. Can you walk us through that? Because I know it's like second nature to you, but for the people listening, they might not know all the different intrinsics of pre-development. Can you maybe walk through like how that works and what you learned? So first you got to get a site plan that just maps out the four corners of your lot. Gets If you need, if the lot is in the slope, you might need a topography report. And that just shows the elevations of the lot. Luckily, my lot was a flat land lot. We got that. We got to get a perk test, percolation test. And that just detects the water and make sure that you're able to, uh, one, get water to the property and able for uh, to put a septic in the, in, in the land as well. Then you got to get your architect on board. And uh, that's a crucial part. You want to make sure your architect is a local architect, somebody who's done things in the past in that specific. Who, who do you use in Joshua Tree? Joshua Tree. I use a couple architects, actually. I use the one guy's name is Design Concepts, local guy out there. That's my main person I work with. Why um, do you go local? I go local because not like in trial, like trial and tribulations where you just learn. I want to use somebody who was, and long story short, is when you use somebody who's not in the area, they're just not accustomed. Every city works a little bit differently when you're submitting plans. So if you use someone local who knows the city, knows what the city wants, it's a much quicker process of getting through planning and permitting rather than you going through somebody from a development Joshua Tree, rather than you going through somebody from LA who's never submitted plans to San Bernardino County. It's a whole new ball game for them. Going local would be definitely benefit you. Yeah. And I'm sure they have connections to the city as well. They know people inside, they know what they're looking for. They know what works, what doesn't. So I definitely think that. Yeah, cool. So you got the pre-development. We were talking about the architect. Is there anything else involved in that? Structural engineer. Basically, basically the architect I consider is like the artist. He'll put everything together. Structural engineer will do all the bones of the, and make sure, you know, all the bones, the concrete foundation of the house, make sure it stands and make sure it's obviously in, in, in good, stable condition. Once you did get you it, finance this, by the way, or did you put out of your own money? So I always... And this is the crazy thing with developing that I actually really love. When I was flipping houses in Joshua Tree, I was always coming out anywhere from about 60 to 80K out of pocket. Yeah, and that's just from down payment, construction costs and whatnot. With the new development, when you bring in the right construction lender, I am still the same 60 to 100K out of pocket. So I was, this is, this is honestly amazing because now I'm creating something that's costing me with debt. 500,000, rather if I did the same thing on a flip for 500,000, it might've been worth 650, whatever, but the new development is worth 
800 plus. So I'm like, okay, this is a no brainer, but I would come out of pocket for all the pre-development costs, like the land survey, all the tests, architects, plan fees. And then once I get the plans approved, I'll go to the construction lender. And what the good thing is when you go to the construction lender, you're allowed to use your pre-approved plans and your land as, as technically like the down payment, which is leverage for yourself and a better way for you not to come more money out of pocket. Cause as new developers, we're, we are limited on a bit of capital, but, uh, but this is, this was my best way of getting to the next step and being able to build this project. Got it. And you're talking about partners. Where does that come into the picture? Is that jumping too far? No, not at all. I just, I feel like sometimes when you manifest things start to come your way. And I remember my goal was, I was like, I want to, I want to build 15 houses out here. I want to, that was, I, I didn't know how, I really didn't know how I was like, I want to build 15 houses out here. And uh, one thing led to another, I just kept communicating with people, kept letting people know uh, what, what's going on. And uh, just one day I was out showing some land to some investors in Joshua Tree. And they were like, I showed them my projects and they were like, look, we love what you're doing. Let's all, and they said to each other, I, we know I, I have the liquid, I, we have the capital, you have a great plan. Let's whatever lot that you think is good to develop on, let's put it together. Let's go, let's attack it. And I think that's the great relationship between somebody who doesn't want to do all, do all the planning and the permitting and, and getting the construction lenders together. And, and someone who's me is who doesn't have millions of money and are sitting in the bank account to go and develop a whole bunch of property. So we were able to make that relationship work. And I feel like on my own, I could do maybe one, two. It's just it's mm -hmm. a, lot, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of capital to put up. But with partners now, I'm able to have about 12 right now in planning and permitting and either breaking ground or in planning and permitting. So I think that's the power of working mm -hmm. with them. Dude, you just nailed it right on the head. <clears throat> and it's interesting because same thing happened to me, man. Like I was just, I think you just show what you do. I think that's what it was. You just kept showing people what you do. You were fully transparent. You showed, hey, I'm doing it. I'm putting stuff up. And when I had one rental, I was showing people what I was doing with one rental. And I found a partner that got me to six rentals now plus in one year, six rentals plus 20 under management. So it's like the growth there only happened because I kept putting myself out there. I kept showing people what I do and people are just like, take my money. I yeah. just do what you got to do. You got the crew, you got everything going in Joshua Street, just take it and just run with it. And it's similar to what happened to you. You show what you did. You're transparent. They fucked with your vibe. And then they said, you know what? Take my money and go run with it. And I think that's the big thing. It's trust and actually doing deals. Like people are, people always ask me like, how do I get money? It's yeah, you can get money before you do a deal. It's definitely possible, but it's a lot easier when you're doing deals and people see what you're doing. They're like, okay, cool. I like this. I agree. I, agree. I, I always feel like it's good when you do one or two, because now you have a proof of concept that it works. And the, your proof of concept doesn't have to be anything crazy. I, I have a buddy of mine who just, all he did was rental arbitrage. It was a, he had a, he invested $6,000, got an apartment, showed the numbers of what he made on Airbnb. And now he had three investors lined up and he's about to scale that one rental arbitrage apartment to 15. So it's, I don't think like people think, oh, it's so tough to just yeah, get started to work with other people. Really not. It's just, there's a way for you to figure, there is a way for you to figure a way to get something going and to share that with other people. And, and there's people out there who definitely want to invest and make some money. Oh, hundred percent. And to you'd be a fool. I think what's crazy is before you get into real estate and correct me if I'm wrong, but before you get into real estate, you think, okay, great. You just got to 
figure out how to make the money and then you can make more money, right? Like you just, you think money is limited, right? Money's the resource and you have to try to save as much as you can. You try to spend accordingly, like all this stuff. But then you start shifting your head. You're like, whoa, all these people have so much money just sitting there. Money is not, money is an unlimited resource almost. There's so many people sitting money with their bank account. They're not doing anything with it. And so you start realizing, dang, the deals are the limited resource. That's what you got to find is the deals and the crews to make that happen. And so that once you think that you're like, I got the expertise, I got the crews, I got every, everything streamlined. Why can't I do 15 house, 15 new dev builds for sure? Like you said, the deals, are, the deals are the hard part. I think that's where my value, that's where my value. That's where a lot of real estate developers, a real estate investors value come from is to find deals, good deals, and make them work. And to be honest, like if, if there was a million dollar property that I had under contract and I know that I can sell it and know that I can sell it for $5 million the next day, I'm going to get that million dollars. Oh, yeah. That's not the hard part. That's not the hard part. That's so easy. Dude, you go, you walk into even a bank. You walk into a bank and you show them that and they run their numbers. And if they know their shit, they're going to tell you, here's my money, take my money. Like, it's insane how people think so limited, but the moment you start having unlimited money, like I, I say unlimited, but in general, just like unlimited access to money, you start realizing there's no limit as long as you keep finding. Sure. That's awesome. So now you said you wanted to do and correct me or remind me how much, how many properties are you working on right now? New dev 12. So new dev 12, you're three away from your goal. I'm assuming that goal has gotten up or like what's like the future look like what are you thinking that's a great question that's a great question the future i think now i'm at a point where i'm a little i'm focused on the who i want to work with now i feel like a lot of people want to buy a lot of land and now i feel like those last three i do want those lots to be one special lots in great areas of course i got to get the good deal and I, I catch myself a little bit focused on, on, on the projects I have on hand right now, rather than find sourcing and finding new deals. So I'm being very patient and I think they're going to, I think they're going to come, they're going to come soon, but uh, I want those lots to be like special, super special lots. Yeah. Hear me out on this. I'm actually doing a deal right now. And this is funny because I haven't told you this and I'm doing it on air, <laughs> but I'm actually working on a deal that is it's near Joshua Tree National Park. It's an amazing deal. I'm not doing new development, but it's a big undertaking. And we found this architect that's absolutely genius, like a local architect. Have you heard of David? What's his company name? Terra Projects. I think I've heard, yeah. He's very impressive. Would you, I think he did one of my clients, Boulder Home, mm. and like literally land in the boulders, new development. And it looks so good. Is that kind of what you're looking for in Joshua Tree? Is like a boulder? Yeah, home? I can knock out of the park. I, I just think that there's a lot of value in something that's special, something that's unique out there. That's more of the things I would like to stick to. I did with those 15, the 12 lots I have. That I do have a couple that are like in residential areas. So I don't want to get, you don't want to get too crazy or too unique just because the value. Right. Yeah. It'll, it'll just it's basically it has a ceiling to it the value of the mm -hmm. property so it'll just be some basic modern builds there but i do want something where i can get that created and create something that's super special and uh, can do honestly to do 400k plus like something like that so mm -hmm. uh, 
stats were, I think the ones that I currently have, the special ones I currently have, I think those are anywhere. You've seen them anywhere from, I like to just be conservative anywhere from 150 to about 250K gross. But they are unique. They're special homes with pools, uh, luxury homes. But I do want those last three to be some really like knock out the park, like crazy special things. But that's definitely in line of what I'm trying to get. Yeah, that's awesome. I'll keep you in mind if I find anything. Maybe we could do a deal together. Who knows? But yeah, cool. That's awesome. So what do you look for when you buy your lots? And what are the most desirable things that in Joshua Tree specifically? If I'm a new developer, you know, I don't want to spend, let's just say, I don't have the money to spend 150K plus for a lot near the park or something like that. I want to be around that 20 to 40K range. I'm looking for space. I'm looking for above an acre, at least me, at least 1.25 acres, just because the the consumer for Joshua Tree does want that. They don't want to be hugged up by other people. They do want their own space. I'm looking for good comps in a mile to do mile radius. I'm, I don't want to be in a trashy neighborhood. No offense to any, but there are trashy neighborhoods everywhere, but I want to be in a solid area where I know that uh, the area is stable and uh, it, it, I know that the resale could, will be there. I'm looking for utilities on, it, it takes too much time. And in this game, time is money to bring utilities to a property when I know there's other properties with utilities. And uh, what else am I looking for? Nah, that's pretty much it. Do you look for views? Do you oh. look for boulders? Like for you, like when you get to the more expensive property lots. I feel like Joshua Tree has like, when you're in that one to two, when you're in that two acre range, the views are almost inevitable. They'll be there. But yeah, views are huge though. Views are definitely huge. If they're there, that's also a huge plus. All right, let's go through the last three houses, right? Bucket list houses for Terry. What are the three houses? Can you, in your mind, in your vision, what would it be? Like, let's go from three bedroom on the boulders with a view in Flamingo Heights, like that kind of thing. You could just tell me what you're looking at or one property on 30 acres in Pioneer Town. What's, what's your thing? What are you looking at? I want something close to the park. I want mm. something. And I know that it's going to be, a, I'm used to, to be honest, I'm used to buying 20 to 50 K lots. So I know it's going to be more of an expensive lot, but it's something that I'm, I'll be ready to, uh, ready to acquire when the time is ready. And uh, I definitely want some boulders around it. Definitely has to be above two, two it, of course, all my, all my houses, it will have a pool. And I don't know if I want to tell you the design yet. Cause I got the design in my head. Oh, like, you're not going to share it. <laughs> I, want, I want you to see it. Okay. Okay. Let's go. <laughs> I have the idea. It's just, it's going to be something pretty crazy. Okay. Could I just ask you one question? Yeah. Is there going to be a full court basketball court on there? Not in that. Not, not in this one. <laughs> no. Oh, dang. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cool. We'll leave it with a little hanging. Yeah. For future updates from Terry. <laughs> you got to follow Terry if you want it, if you want to see those updates. Cool, man. So you got the land, you got the new builds going on. Let's say you get your ideal new builds. Now, what's the future look like for Terry after that? What's really on your bucket list? What do you really want to accomplish? What do you want to do? What do you want to be known for? Now, I want to be a creative developer. I like developing because it gives me the, uh, it gives me the ability to create with the architect. And I love seeing things come from one, my head to the, floor plan to 3d drawings to real life uh, honestly it's just it's just so dope to me and i and uh, i just want to keep building and building and, and i want to go as big as i can get so like so my next after i do a, a lot of these luxury builds in joshua tree i still see myself building here and there out there 
as well in the desert. I see value out in the desert. I do want to get into multifamily. I am getting into multifamily currently. Yeah, I just want to expand on that. I want to have, uh, by the end of the year, I want to be embarking on at least three apartments in Los Angeles. And nice. So do you see yourself developing multifamily properties, like big multifamily developments all over LA, California, all over the country? All over the country. Kind of thing. All over the country. So once I can start really mastering this the development game, I'll definitely start shifting into other markets. But I personally see, I feel like once another thing about the, another thing about developing, you really need to learn, know the code of the city. So like you need to know in LA, well, how many units can I get on this property? Can I, how many parking spots do I need? What's the cost of to build this? There's just so much. And the zoning requirements, it's a whole, and every city is different. So like in Joshua Tree, I bought that house on two and a half acres. And I and originally I thought I could put three homes on there, but I found out that the zoning was only in that specific area of zoning. I could only have one house on there and I couldn't split the lot. I still got a good deal on it, but sometimes those are the things that you need to know prior to going into it. That's another ball game. And that's another like educational thing that you have to, you have to learn. And then you really do. And prior to going to any different market, you need to learn really well, what can I do in this specific area? And then I also like to know a market very well. And I don't think that's something that you can read a page or talk to somebody for a quick 30 minutes. You really have to learn a market. And I personally, for me to learn a market, I like, I have to go there. I have to sit down and eat some food. I really have to hold in that. The experience it, right? You got to. So like Joshua Tree, I'm like, all right, let me, if I get, went out there about, I went out there. 30 times before I bought something out there, but it's like, all right, what is, let me make myself a Joshua tree, a visitor. What am I looking for here? What do I, so now you start going out there more and more, you spend a weekend out there. Okay, cool. All right. This is what's, this is what somebody who wants to come out is looking for. Same thing with Los Angeles, specific niche areas in Los Angeles. What area do I like? What area is growing? What area has a community? If I put an apartment, I want an area that has a community. I don't want to put it. I don't want to put an apartment complex. It needs to me personally. I'm not saying you can't work, but I don't want to put an apartment complex in an area that is is low shaky, is declining, and doesn't have a community. And then also Los Angeles has a very low vacancy rate and LA needs housing. So I'm filling in a need as well. So now you're getting into like different aspects of tax breaks and that kind of thing, yeah. right? And so that's a whole nother ball game. As well. Yeah. Yeah. So what skill can you learn these skills on YouTube? Can you learn how to develop on YouTube? Or do you how do you learn how to do this? Like from the ground up? Ground up. You have to do it. Like you just have to partner with someone that's done it and just do it. Or can you learn this on YouTube? Can you learn this online? I think my the most valuable source for me of education is uh, books. There's a lot mm -hmm. of real estate development books, even commercial real estate development books that I learn a lot from. And they, one, I think those are very important. I think speaking to other developers is very important. And then obviously experiences like just diving in, you're going to, because I think one real estate is a game where, you know, you can mess up and you can mess up and still win. There's not too much. I don't think there's a lot of games where you can like, I really fucked up that. End. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one but so i think real estate is i like i the first time property i bought that was one hundred and seventy thousand. i messed up a lot of times but i still they was over 320 
So I was like, I'm able to still win and learn. I think a lot of people who are new to real estate, they are new to development. My advice would just be, don't let anyone tell you like, hey, you need to educate yourself a little more before you get yourself into it. Do it, educate yourself and get the experience at the same time. That's my right. Some people might not agree with it 100%. I think experience is the best teacher. And but just yeah. do it. I agree, man. Just do it. <laughs> you're going to learn. You're going to fail. It doesn't matter how much you prepare. You're There's going to be things that come up. You don't know what's going to happen. Cool, man. Cool. So that's the kind of the future. Have you ever thought about potentially going into other avenues other than development? Or do you, are you set on development right now? I'm set on development. Set on development. I'm set on development. I think other avenues in terms of what Airbnb is still hand in hand with uh, a lot of my developments. I don't really look, I think selling is always my plan B, refinance, keeping it, renting it out, plan A. There's other avenues that I'm in. Yeah. And you did talk about before, you like being that niche player. You like just focusing on one thing, getting really good at it. And so you're going to be doing just development. You're going to get pretty darn good at development. You're going to be top 0.001%. So it's, and so what is there a niche within development that you're looking to really target? Is multifamily the thing or is it going to be more residential? I think multifamily. Multifamily. I was watching this one interview and it was just like sometimes he was this commercial real estate webinar. And he was saying that the, the difference between multifamily and residential is really the, the fundamentals are pretty much the same. The only thing is different is adding that zero to the back of the numbers. Mm -hmm. Now it's, you still work with partners, you're raising money, you're, you're buying the land, you're buying the property, you're getting the architect, you're getting the structure engineer, and maybe more structure, bringing in attorneys, making sure the logistics, bringing more financing is, is in place. I, the same way I evaluate my numbers for these residential homes, I'm valuing the same with the, these multifamily units. Yeah. Can you outsource what, okay. So what in development do you enjoy doing and what parts do you outsource and you just want somebody else to take over? Oh, that's a great question. I think the, uh, that's a great question. That's a great, no, that's a great question. The creative process. I want to be hand in hand with the architect. I, I want to work along him. I want to make sure the vision is similar to the vision I have in my head of what is going to be created. I don't like to create anything that looks normal. That's basic. I want something that's new. I, I personally like, if you see myself, I do like a futuristic vibe with anything. So even like with these apartments, I want to do something that's a futuristic. When we're young. We're, when we're creating new things, it's like, we don't have to create something that's looked like the same thing that was created by the person 50, 60, hundred. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's our time to create it and to make these, whatever we create. So I definitely want to do something that's innovative, new, and a futuristic vibe. So I definitely want to be hands-on in that. When it comes to planning and permitting, when speaking to the speaking to the city about what needs to be done to the designs to make them better and do all, you know, just leave it up to the architect. You handle all that. Meetings with the <laughs> all that. I feel like my first build, I was very hands-on the construction, hiring different subs and whatnot. And then I saw myself as like the construction manager. You're the GM, pretty much. I don't want to or, keep, sorry, GC. GC, exactly. Yeah. I don't want to do that more in the future. I feel like my value as a real estate developer is finding deals. It's not being mm. a construction management manager. You live and you learn. And uh, that's one of the things I've definitely learned. And it's, it's, it is a lot of time, but um, I feel like that's always something. My first house, I was over here uh, scraping wallpaper off on the house. But at the time, I didn't really have the money to, uh, to spend so much. So I'm doing what I can. But then I was like, all right, look, next house, no. <laughs> no way. Yeah, it's not, it's not happening. It's not happening. So it's just so like now first development, I'm over here 
doing all these calls to people. Next one, no, just bring mm. somebody on. But the thing is, if you're so good at finding deals, the deal should be good enough for a construction manager. The deal should be so good enough for a good quality architect to go in and do what he has to do and speak to the city. You don't really, yeah. So, are um, you building out that team right now? Are yeah. you hiring? It's like, like a, do you have an assistant? Do you have a construction manager you want to use? Or are you looking for all those things? Yeah. So I got a new construction manager out there in the desert now. It's been awesome. Solid, uh, Who is it? If I may ask. His name is Pete. He's um, nice. Yeah, yeah. I don't, you probably won't. I don't know if you know him, but. Um, oh, no. Yeah. But you just, you got to sometimes find out like what you want in a crew, what you want in a, for me, it's organization. It's making sure guys show up on time, making sure when inspections are, you're there, the, the property is fully ready for inspections. It, it, is a, it is a whole bunch to it, but you, and I'm just, and I'm learning as I'm going, but this has just been honestly, like getting into it has been one of the best teachers that I can ask for. 100%. I think that's the thing that people should take away from this. If there's one thing, just do it. I know it sounds daunt daunting, but just do it. Maybe Terry will let you go see his property. I don't know. So <laughs> hit him up. <laughs> Maybe he has time for it. That kind of thing. Cool, man. With building the team and getting everything to, to the level that you want to go to, do you see yourself partnering with other investors in the future to do deals together? Or do you, are you just focused on you finding the deal and you taking it on? No, for sure. I love working with investors. And I think that's, I'm always open to working with investors. That's the one way for not, that's one way for you to really scale your business. So I, I think it's very important. And I also think it's as much as it's important to work with partners, it's also important for you to pick the right partner too, but 100%. definitely very open. Just keep working. So you mentioned, and I'm going a little off, but you mentioned you have to find the right partner. And you mentioned that three times and you said right partner. You didn't even say partner. Was there a bad experience there that traumatized you at any point? No, but I hear a lot of, I, I hear a lot of stories of sometimes people, they tell me like, oh, I feel like I'm doing most of the work. And, um, and you don't just want to, you know, in my opinion, all right, here's what I'll say. The partners I do work with, you got to be, you speak to them a lot. You have to fill them in on things. You have to, you have to talk. You got to have meetings with them. You got to, everyone has to be on the same page. I, my advice is if you're not comfortable being with somebody on the same page, not comfortable speaking with somebody daily or don't, I wouldn't partner with them. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be comfortable with the person. It's more than just, it's a little bit more than just business as well when you work with in a business partnership. Yeah. You know, it's funny. <laughs> so I just, I just met with hopefully she's not listening to this, but I just met her with a designer and super talented. Really, it could have been a good fit, but just I different vibe. It, it was just, she had different values. And I just knew that, I just knew that it wouldn't work because of our differences. Not to say that because I didn't like her. I think she was a great person, but I just knew that like it, her way and her style of doing things and my way and style of doing things, we're going to contradict and we're going to bump heads and it's just not going to work. And I got to look at it like a marriage, right? Like you're stuck with them with, and especially when there's like hundreds of thousands of dollars on the line, it's, I don't want to mess it up. For sure. Yeah. Okay. So I want to get to the last three questions here, Terry. And I also am going to have one special question for you. And I, I just came up with it on the spot, but I know it's going to be a good one for you. And this, hopefully it stumps you. First question, 
what book do you recommend people read? It doesn't have to be real estate related. I have two. I highly recommend the book, the book on rental property investing by Brandon Turner. I feel like that's just a book that has helped me like understand the real estate game and trigger the right mindset. And if you're new to real estate investing, it it definitely makes you read that. When you read that book, it's like, oh, this is not that hard. That's a huge one. And then Rich Dad Poor Dad is another one of my favorites as well. And you know, when you read that, you understand the uh, the true value of creating wealth and creating cash flow with real estate as well. I would love for one of my listeners, anybody that's really following this podcast to take note on tally of how many people have said Rich Dad Poor Dad. I really am curious. I think it's over 50%, but that that's awesome, man. So... Second, uh, we talked about this a little bit, but I, I just wanted to iterate. What's the future for Terry look like? Like Man. 20 years from now, what's Terry doing? I, mean, I want to build a city, a futuristic city. I Dude, want- can I, I'm just going to give you the third question. The third <laughs> question was literally that. You just guessed it, man. What the heck? <laughs> the I was going to say, you're starting from scratch and you're building a city, Terry. This was my spe- custom question. You're building a city from scratch, futuristic city. Where is it? What does it look like? What's the vision? All high rises, all low rises. Is it in the desert? Is it in the wine country? Is it by the beach? What's, what, what's the vibe? Oh, man, that's, okay, the location is the tough one. Because sometimes I, feel, I think about it a lot because it is my goal. That's like my life. I call it my life's masterpiece is to build a, a sand. The location is always the trickiest part. But I you want think, on an island? I don't know. I don't know. What kind of vibe are you going for? Are you going city or? Got to be like a futuristic vibe. I like I like utilizing a lot of technology. The best technology in my places always have smart camera, smart smart even in the houses, smart locks, smart lights, smart blinds. Like like the houses, <laughs> like the houses are always. Does a house tell you how you're feeling and also yeah. ask you how your day <laughs> well, went? <laughs> You'll be able to talk to it and say, hey, hey, turn the lights on in the kitchen. Hey, oh, uh, that's sick. Yeah, it'll be like it'll be like that. So I definitely like to integrate technology. Exactly. So I definitely when the city gets created, I want the best technology there. Definitely sky, high skyscraper. I don't bro. It's, 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 <laughs> it's because it's like a whole like one day, I, one day I'll be one day I'll definitely have that whole list and everything. But the location is tough. Like, like you would love to do California, but. I don't know. The land prices out here are a little too crazy sometimes. But I'm talking about ideal. I'm not, I'm talking about like flatland, like Dubai kind of vibe or. Dubai vibe for sure. Dubai vibe? Dubai vibe for sure. Have you been there? I haven't, but I definitely, I like, I need to go out there. Dude, how are you not out there? Like you should be, that's like the first place you should go to get inspiration. It's crazy. I'm actually, I do plan on trying to get out there this year. Okay, cool. Cool. So you got to update us on how that goes. But Terry, final question. How can people reach you? For sure. Instagram probably be the best way. My Instagram is Terry Harris 15. I took a little break on YouTube. I plan on revamping that and getting back into that. The YouTube page is called Tcash. But Instagram and YouTube, I do have some videos of showing how to get developed, how to get started, and even how to wholesale as well. So if you guys are new, looking to get going, I think some of the videos I have on there are very transparent, but yeah, those are the two ways that you can reach me. Yeah. And huge vouch. I know Terry's got some 
awesome stuff on his YouTube. And hopefully you're in the grind stage right now. You're doing, you're just like head down working. You're kind of, I, sometimes I text you and it takes a few days to get back. Like you're like really busy and that's a good, you know, you don't have time to push out content, but I know for sure, Terry, I have a feeling you're going to just be pushing out content later down the road and sharing your journey. And you're just a giving person, man. So I'm looking forward to it. Definitely follow Terry Cash. 